Well, we got ourselves a nice glass of whiskey, and you know, Sammy, when I look at you, I see a young, charismatic Michael Stipe. Who's that? And why do <laughs> who what? Maybe because it's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine, so let's start the show. Oh, I didn't know that was him. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show. A completely biased overview of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the apocalyptic Samuel Graham. That's Sammy, right. how are we doing? I'm doing very well, and I knew it was R.E.M. I did not know who the hell that front man was, though. It's, you're just you're killing me. One of my all-time favorite bands, and you don't know who the front man is. Sorry, and, and, I was so focused on Husker Du <laughs> that I forgot about R.E.M. You need to know all of my bands. If you're going uh, <laughs> you know, to claim to idolize me the way that you do, oh my goodness. you need to know these things. I, we might need to stop this show. I'll tell you that. <laughs> we are recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts and Google Play if you're a weird Android user. And, of course, Spotify as well. If you like us, please subscribe, rate us. If you have a few seconds, leave us a review. It would really mean a lot. And if you have a question, you can contact us. Sammy, tell the good people how they get in touch with us. Sure. It's at DU Football Show on all your socials, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, and then the DU Football Show. I'm sorry, not the DU Football Show at gmail.com uh, for emails. Very good. Uh, we got a couple this week. I'm pretty excited. So more and more people are reaching out. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're reaching the masses, Samuel. Yeah, and this one, we didn't have to pay any of our friends to get in touch either. <laughs> How about that? Um, Sam and I are both uh, both work in the wine and spirits industry. We both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirits. So we vow, as the red-blooded Americans we are, to have an alcoholic beverage in our hand each and every single show. Samuel Graham, what are we drinking tonight? So today we have Dad's Hat Straight Rye uh, from Bristol, Pennsylvania, coming in at 95 proof. It is bold and peppery, uh, but it is blended with malted barley uh, for body and for smoothness. It's going to run you about $59.99 on the shelf. An interesting fact about this distillery, they won Handcraft Whiskey of the Year in 2015 from the Whiskey Advocate. Yeah, it was a pretty funny article about that because um, Whiskey Advocate, when the brand first came out, weren't very big fans of it. And... Uh, kind of bashed it and then when they awarded it the best craft whiskey the first line is well i guess we have to eat crow was wow, the, like you, you don't typically see that from a publication no whenever you get them to admit they were wrong it's a brilliant day uh, it's a lovely spicy very just gorgeous traditional uh, rye whiskey sammy let's have a great show so wrapped up in itself that he forgot to cheers me god killing me kid so this week, we're going to do things a little differently. There's an international break. That's where selected players actually get to go play for their uh, their countries in international play. Uh, so today, this show, we're going to actually explain the English Premier League and all of the teams. So kids, we're going back to school. It's EPL 101. Come on. <laughs> so the... Professional Football League began in 19, I mean, I'm sorry, in 1888. I'm uh, messing up already. Good Lord. I've only had three sips of whiskey, Sam, <laughs> with the English Football League. And that consisted of 12 teams, mostly in the northwest uh, region of England. We'll actually mention some of those clubs today who are uh, who are part of those founding members. Most clubs in major cities, such as like Manchester and London, they actually there were there were teams, but they weren't professional. The players weren't played uh, paid. They all just kind of played within each individual city. 
And then after a while, they eventually realized that the English Football League was growing steam. So they started to join in as the teams kept piling on. They kept adding more and more divisions, eventually having four. So they had the first division all the way down to the fourth division. First division was uh, typically referred to as the top flight. But that all changed in February 20th of 1992 when the Premier League was born. Sammy, talk to me about the Premier League. All right. So the top flight has kind of always been a nickname of the first division. Uh, The first division, it was known from its inception all the way through until 1992 when most of the, the major clubs in England decided they wanted to have kind of their own special, you know, look at me name to the uh to the league and thus the Premier League was born. Um Richard Scudamore, who is the CEO of the excuse me of the Premier League, has uh grown it from, you know, just kind of very famous in England, obviously, and, you know, in some of the, the western parts of Europe to the global brand that it is today, uh, and makes honestly more money than any other league in the world as a whole. So uh, if you don't know, there's actually 20 teams in the league. And the way a season works is every single team plays each other twice. Once at their home stadium, once at the away stadium. At the end of the season, points are compiled, and that is it. This is going to be very weird to American sports fans. Correct. There are no playoffs. You play once at their place, once at your place. That's it. That's it. 38 games in the season, given there's 20 teams. So you have 19 games because there's 19 opponents. Uh, You get three points for a win, one point for a draw, nothing for a loss. And then goal difference is actually the first tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. So if I score 10 goals and only have two scored against me, then I have a goal differential of plus eight. So if me and uh, Mr. Houston, almost said Mrs. Houston, are tied on points, um, then that goal difference would come into play. Excellent. Now, the league as a whole, you have obviously your champion, but there's also very important rankings as far as the league goes. One through four, five through seven. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that? Yeah, so uh, the other thing is the TV money is shared uh, based on your league position. So if you finish as the champions, you get a bigger chunk of that TV money. Uh, from the most recent uh, deal with NBC, uh, amongst other things. The bottom three teams, most importantly, and this is going to be the biggest shock to everybody in this country, is the bottom three teams actually get relegated from the league. There's no draft. Uh, the clubs themselves are subject to financial fair play from you know the European Federation. But uh, – Basically, there's no salary cap. There's The clubs can spend as much money as they want so long as they turn around and bring that in at the gate and with their TV money and those sorts of things. Um, so there's none of that league oversight. There's no draft. There's no any of those, uh, any of those kind of American mechanisms. So when you get relegated from the league, you actually go down to the second division of English soccer, which is now the uh, the championship. Right. So a one in a, a a Cleveland Browns team who has gone one in fifteen and zero oh in sixteen does not get rewarded with the number one overall draft. They get sent down. They lose TV dollars. Correct. They're suddenly not being watched as much. And you'll have situations where a team where that falls out of the Premier League into the Championship falls down to League One, falls down to League Two because they've overspent to try to stay in the Premier League. And as it all falls apart. They can't keep up with it financially because 
the gate's not coming in because suddenly people are like, well, we're not in the Premier League anymore. I'm not going to 10 games. I'm going to two. Right. And and then also you then have to start making tickets cheaper. You can't be a you know $50 ticket to get into a game. You are now suddenly a $20 ticket. And you can't play your, pay your players as much, which means – Big-name players are going to want to stay yeah. in the Premier League. Exactly. So there's a lot of financial burden that plays into this. And it's also very interesting because you can also play your way up into the league. Correct. So the the league, is, as Sam said, is always 20 teams. Um, those three that get relegated need to be replaced. So the top two place teams in the championship win automatic promotion. And four through sixth in league position, they actually do have playoffs. Uh, where they do a two-legged semifinal, um, usually at Wembley. Uh, Wembley mm-hmm. um, now that it's fully operational over the last, you know, kind of decade, they had to use the Millennium Stadium in Wales uh, as Wembley was going over renovations. But um, they do a two-leg semifinal at uh, at Wembley, and then they do the playoff final, where the winner of that game is then promoted into the Premier League. Which, that is a really fun game to watch. It's actually typically right after the Premier League season is over. Yeah. So it's like the very next weekend, there's the FA Cup final, which we'll get to that in a second. And then the promotion game, which is great because it's essentially, it's a $30 million game for that yeah, club. At minute. Well, now yeah. with the with the new TV deal, could end up being a $100 million, uh <laughs> game, essentially. Every year that the playoffs get won has been the most expensive goals ever scored uh, in the world. Because of these new TV contracts where the Premier League is getting billions upon billions of dollars from all around the world uh, for the rights to their matches. All right. So we've talked enough about the bottom teams and what happens to them. Let's talk about the top teams, you know, one through four, five through seven. They get to play in tournaments. It's not that there's not tournaments and there's not playoffs. There are. They're just done differently. So tell me a little bit about uh, the Champions League and the Europa League. Okay. So first through third in England uh, wins Champions League qualification directly into the group stage. Um, They don't have to go through the quote-unquote qualifying rounds, you know, before that in the summer. The fourth-place team is entered into the third qualifying round, which is the final one. So they actually have to do a quote-unquote play-in game uh, home and away against the team from Europe to get into um, the Champions League proper. That is a season-long tournament for the, you know, top teams that finish in their league in an appropriate position – uh, throughout the European leagues, the big five, as they're known, England, Spain, France, Germany, and Italy, all have more teams than, say, Belarus or Wales or Scotland. Um, Celtic, for instance, in Scotland, despite winning the league last year, had to go through qualifying because their league doesn't generate the money. They don't have the best players. They don't have you know those sorts of things. So those big five leagues truly dominate uh, the group stages, and you haven't had a winner outside of them since Jose Mourinho's Porto uh, in 2004. Uh, Porto was a uh, Portugal side, a uh, Portuguese side, I'm sorry. Um, so your big five, uh, Germany is the Bundesliga. Um, you have uh, Spain is La Liga. Uh, Italy is uh, Serie A. Serie A. Um, France is Ligue 1. Ligue 1. And uh, then, of course, the Premier League, which is the one we're talking about. Um, so what is the Europa, then, in comparisons to the Champions League? So it's essentially a second-tier competition. Those teams that finish outside of those top three or four um, in the major leagues in Europe, in, in all of Europe, have 
another competition called the UEFA League. Uh, actually, it used to be called the UEFA League. Now, now it's called, called the Europa, Europa League. Sorry about that. Um, that's where Arsenal happened to find themselves uh, for the last two seasons. But um, that is basically the fifth place team is the only guaranteed spot in England for the Europa League mm-hmm. via league position. The FA Cup winner and the League Cup winner can both qualify. Which we're going to explain those in just a second. Right. So now, if so, two years ago, Arsenal won the FA Cup, but they quali- uh, they qualified through league position. So it went to the next highest placed team because you can't qualify for a tournament twice. The sixth place team. Right. So six got there. Um, and then uh, last season, Manchester City won the League Cup. Well, they qualified for the Champions League, the premier competition. They won the, cha- they because won the league. They, because they won the league. Uh, so... Seventh they've, place. They've, right. So, and you can't play in two separate European tournaments at the same time. Precisely. So seventh place got to go uh, to the Europa League. So easy way to remember it, kids, is uh, teams one through four go to the Champions League in England. Correct. Teams five, six, and seven go to Europa unless a, an unknown team or a lesser team below seventh place or sixth place wins the, the League Cup or the FA Cup. Yeah, and we saw that with Wigan a few years ago, uh, beating Manchester City and getting relegated. Yeah. Uh, they beat Manchester City in the FA Cup final, got relegated from the Premier League. Finished uh, in, in last place, too. Into the championship. They were still awarded their Europa League place after qualifying through winning that tournament. We also have uh, the case of a little squad called Birmingham City who won a League Cup game against uh, one... Arsenal Gunners FC, where I believe good old Walt, as I used to call him, even though his name is Wall, good old Walches. good old Walt dropped a ball or Walt right, like literally dropped the ball right to a Birmingham City player as yeah, he kicked it in happened. the net. Yes, it did. I just um, like to remind you of that. Yeah, and I do want to say Houston is the name assassin. However, the Polish names give me the damnedest of times. I just like so. I believe him his Walt. name is Wolchek, but I'm not sure. I just like calling him Walt. I would be like, "Hey, Sammy, how's old Walt doing?" His last name's <laughs> definitely Chesney. I know that. So, um, not to say that the league doesn't have its quote unquote crazy tournaments. In fact, the uh, the League Cup is one thing, which we'll get to in a second. But first, we're going to talk about the FA Cup, which is honestly March Madness on crack. This yeah. is. Insanity! It is a completely open tournament. If you've got the money to enter, you can enter. We were talking about it last week. If Drunkard United was in England and we had ten grand, we can enter that tournament. It's also really fun because of the blind draw of how teams get selected and who goes where. So, Sam, talk a little bit about the FA Cup. Yeah, so basically they, they do a draw, and um, it's not a, a bracket style, if you will. You get – it's a one-off game. Should you tie it, though, you do play – a replay at the other ground. Right. A few years ago, uh, Arsenal were drawn against Sutton United, a part-time players uh, uh, club. Yeah, their goalkeeper was eating pies on the sideline. Yeah, line. that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah. He actually got in trouble for that, too. But um, basically, Alexis Sanchez, who used to play for Arsenal, his car was worth more than their entire squad and their cars combined mm-hmm. uh, on their contract. It just, you know... Um, it was really a David against Goliath and Arsenal coolly walked out of there with no problem. They had to add extra stand to the side to even qualify to get a, a television camera there. And and um, also with that, the way the draw goes is Arsenal has to go to the 
not perfectly manicured. Oh yeah, we had to go there. Temperature treated absolutely turf that they play on yep. at 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 their stadium. They have to go to a mud bowl oh, with yeah. with maybe all of. 10,000 fans uh, not even. Uh, screaming and yelling. Yeah, I, like think, it's, I think even with the added stands, they only got 8,000 people in there. Like It was ridiculous. It, it's really fun to kind of watch because that happens constantly. And then you'll have the um, – it's the fifth round, right, that the um, English Premier League finally joins into no, the, the third. The third. Okay, the third. I'm sorry. Yeah. So in the third round when they finally join on, what will happen is, is you might have Manchester United plays Manchester City. Again, it's all luck of the draw. Yep. And – Anyone can beat anyone on any given day, and you will constantly see in that third round, you will see a, a David beat a Goliath, and, and it'll be... Oh, it'll it happens be the most, all, Yeah, it happens all the time. It, it's insane. Uh, uh, Wigan, I mean, just look at the final with Wigan and City. Yeah. I well, mean, at that time, they were dead last in the league, and City were a decent side. And Wigan uh, last year was a... Um, League Two team. They weren't. Yep. I'm sorry, a League One team because they ended up winning League One and getting back up to the championship. But they were a League One team. And who did they beat? I don't know. Maybe Manchester City at Manchester City. Yeah, you know? They were away as well. Yeah. <laughs> they, they beat. They beat what was then the 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 best cl- club in Premier League history, and they went into their place and beat them one nothing. It's also commonplace for the larger team, especially if they host it, to kind of donate the proceeds to the lesser team um, if they're in League 1, League 2, or not a full professional club. It it can pay for the leagues. It can pay for that team's all expenses for an entire season. It could do everything for them. That Just the gate from that one day. So the FA Cup is the big, huge, everybody's in. What is the the oldest knockout competition in the entire world? Oh, very cool. That I didn't know. What is the League Cup uh, then in comparison? Basically, the Champions League versus the Europa League. It is. Um, it does not encompass every team in England. Um, it is only teams in the football league. So the top, so the four divisions in, in the top four divisions, right? And um, Premier League clubs don't enter this one until. Uh, it, I'm sorry. I think it's the top ten don't enter this competition until round three. Um, but basically, the same thing. It's more of a second tier competition. However, it is the first uh, silverware of the season, and um, uh, that final is played in uh, late February, early March. Cool. So now as you hear us do shows, you may hear us say, oh, they were playing League Cup game during the middle of the week. That's what we're talking about. Or, oh, they had Europa to play in. Or, or hey, they were playing Champions, Champions League. League yeah. Or, hey, they're taking a break this week because it's FA Cup. Or Correct. or as the FA Cup gets smaller and smaller, there'll be Premier League's game going on. But also, some teams won't play because of an FA Cup draw. Right. So those those things will change up. So now that we've established uh, what the league is, you know, what the league is as a whole, let's discuss the teams and a little brief history about each. So if you're new to this, you can kind of pick out the squad you want to support. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth here. Each of us are going to talk about different clubs. Some we might spend a little bit of time on. Others we may spend a little bit of extra time on simply because, well, it's the clubs we support, and this is a biased show. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and get the ball rolling with I'm Never Happy Samuel Graham talking about uh, his team, Arsenal the, FC. The mighty, mighty Gunners. Uh, all right, so Arsenal Football Club. Uh, nickname is the Gunners. Their manager is Unai Emery. They were founded in 1886 under the name Dial Square by workers at the Woolwich Arsenal Armament Facility, actually in South London. 
They bounced around some grounds down there. Um, and Dial Square was actually, the name was chosen uh, for the sundial that was over the entrance to their, their facility. Um, a few Nottingham Forest players came to play for the club, and after seeing the state of funds, especially for kits, they reached out to the connections back at Nottingham Forest, who gave some of the old uh, old kits to the club, and Arsenal was dipped in red for the first time, a color they still uh, still wear today. Mm. Um, they, like I said, they moved grounds a lot, but they settled at Highbury Stadium in, uh, in North London in 1913, which was a magical place they called home for 93 seasons until 2006. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to go to a game there. I was about to say, you went uh, to Highbury. I did go to Highbury. Uh, affectionately called the Highbury Library, because we aren't the loudest fans in, in all of England. Um, but... It was a, a joy. We saw uh, Real Madrid uh, come to Arsenal um, in the Champions League second leg. Uh, Arsenal had won the first leg 1-0. They walked out 0-0 from this game. So on aggregate, we won one nothing and moved on to play Juventus, if I remember correctly, in the uh, quarterfinals. Very cool. Then went on to the Champions League final that year, lost to Barcelona because of a shite red card. Heard shite anyway, red card. Well, I mean, he deserved it, but you it can sucked. You can never be happy. Um. Our rivals are Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, that's basically a turf war uh, because we moved to North London where they were founded. And since that move, we have been vastly, vastly, vastly more successful. Where did they finish in the table this last season? Vastly more successful. Where Where did you finish in the table last we've, season? We've won the league 13 times. They haven't won it since black and white TV was a thing. Oh, okay. I'm just telling you how how last year go for you. So, my turn. We're going to talk about AFC Bournemouth, Athletic Football Club Bournemouth. They're established in 1890 as the Boscombe St. John Institute, and then actually officially changed their name to Bournemouth in 1972. Their manager is Eddie Howe, who's been with the team for quite a long time. Their stadium is the Vitality, and their nickname is the Cherries uh, for two reasons. One, they were black and red striped jerseys that are cherry red so they call them the cherries and also from where they're located on the southeast coast there's actually a lot of cherry orchards down around there as well so oh, that's cool. why they're called the cherries there you go so they've spent most of their history in the bottom two divisions in 2008 they hit administration and that's when the fa comes in and goes you're not paying your bills. You're not paying your players. You're bringing in. You're you're spending more money than you're bringing in. We're gonna smack you on the hand and make you fix all of this. Um, right. And they they bring in actually like lawyers and economists to run the club from the people that have it. Right. Uh, at that moment. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in a lot of cases, dock points. Right. And when this happens, you normally plummet. And they did. They plummeted uh, all the way down to League Two yeah. to a point where they were almost about to be uh, kicked out of the league. If because if you finish up. In one of the bottom spots in League Two, you're out of professional football. You have to play your way back in. Yep. Um, um, anybody take a Google at a Portsmouth Football Club uh, if you get a chance. They were one that was actually liquidated. Yep. So uh, one of the big things is is eventually they bring on uh, Eddie Howe, who is um, at the time in 2008 was 31 years old, so a very young coach. And between him and also uh, – public ownership of the club as well, slowly but surely worked their way up, worked their way up, worked their way up. And yep. then 2014 actually won the championship to get up to the Premier League, which was their first time in the Premier League. 
And for them as a whole, they're kind of the little engine that could is kind of the best way to describe this team. Yeah, I'll give you that. And their big rival is the New Forest Derby with Southampton, who is also in the Premier League. And the reason why they do that is between the two towns, there's a train you take between the two, and you actually go through a national park, which is a forest, hence the New Forest rivalry. There you go. Uh, I'm going to take Brighton and Hove Albion. Their nickname is the Seagulls, mostly has to do with their badge, which has a seagull on it because they are on the south coast as well. Uh, Their manager is Chris Hooten. And they play at the Amex Stadium. Uh, professional football in the area, uh, you know, was kind of started the, the whole interest by Edgar Everest, who is a Sussex Football Association official who founded Brighton United in 1897. Uh, they played at the cricket, uh, local cricket ground, um, and then the club collapsed in 1900. Um, but the will to provide the town with a successful club was strong. The fans were rabid. They wanted football in the area. Uh, and the former manager of Brighton United, John Jackson, was a driving force behind a third club uh, after they had failed again called Brighton and Hove United, uh, which formed a semi-professional outfit in 1901 uh, at a pub. Big surprise. Yeah, most, you'll, uh, you'll come to find most of the history of these clubs. All their professional business, quote-unquote, was handled in a pub. Yeah, and uh, that new uh, new team changed its name to Brighton and Hove Albion before a ball was even kicked because of the objections from hove football club uh in the next town over um and it was around this time just a fun fact real quick about this because there you find a lot of this stuff uh especially throughout some of the older clubs in england um where you know during wartime world war one world war two a lot of their players some of their fans were drafted into the army uh and and had to go overseas and and fight and that's the southeast coast so when you want to talk about what got bombed that's what got bombed absolutely um uh, White Hart Lane originally got bombed. We had to share a ground with, with Tottenham for a couple of years because they couldn't uh, rebuild their stadium fast enough. Anyway, that's besides the point. Highbury survived. Catch that's all I'm saying. Well done. Yeah, all right. Um, around that time, uh, the Brighton and Hove Albion supporters began to adopt and adapt a popular song from the day called Sussex by the Sea uh, as their own. It's a rousing march that was written by William Ward Higgs, and it remains the club uh, the club's traditional theme song to this day. It was also sung in the lanes of France and Flanders by British soldiers during the First World War. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Their rivals are also uh, Crystal Palace. Um, it's called the M23 Derby because it's the road that you drive to get between uh, Selhurst, uh, which is in London, and uh, and Brighton. We'll have another derby later on that is also uh, named after the M1. Street. Yeah, yeah, named after the highway. Yep. Cool. So I'm going to talk now about uh, Burnley FC. Uh, When we say FC, that means football club. When we say AFC, it means athletic football club. So we don't have to continue with that. United just means United. Yeah. Um, uh, They were established in 1882. Their current manager is Sam Dyche, who has been their manager. Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche, sorry. Eats earthworms. Don't Ah. piss him off. Hey, I like that. He's a hard man. Sam's a good name. I like it. Um, They play at uh, Turf Moor, and I would be remiss if the name Assassin did not strike again. Thank you very much. (laughs) Or Sean, though. Come on. I know. I'm terrible. (laughs) The... the nickname is the Clarets due to the color of their jersey. It's a uh, it's a baby blue and this kind of wine colored 
uh, baby maroon, blue sleeves, right, with a wine-colored kind yeah. of maroon that is called claret. And in fact, there's wines that are referred to as claret. So Correct. It's kind of a wine color. And uh, our producer slash my wife is a very big fan of every time she sees a team wearing claret, be it West Ham, Burnley, Aston Villa. She's like, oh, that's claret every time she goes yeah, walking by. The claret and blue. So um, they're located in the northwest in uh, Lancashire. Burnley was one of the original 12 teams that formed the English Football League. One of only five teams to win all four leagues. Dubious honor because in order to win all four leagues means you have to go down to all four leagues. But they have won all five. Um, The 80s were really tough on the squad and they were actually almost dissolved. Um, and then come around the late two thousand, uh, late two thousand nine into uh, into modern day, they've kind of gone up, gone down, gone up, gone down. And what they've done is they've never actually changed their approach or style. It's been the same manager. It's been predominantly a lot of the same club. And they've taken the money and they've gone. You know what? We're going to take that money. If we stay up, great. If not, we're going to go down. We're going to improve our stadium. We're going to improve our our infrastructure. And we're going to get better and better and better. And last year, it really paid off for them as they found themselves in seventh place and in the final spot for uh, Europa League, which was the first in their history. And that's what we've been talking about the first few weeks of the season with some of the surprising results, because they're always traditionally a very tight, defensive, hardworking, good team. Um, But being stretched, playing in the Europa League and not having a large squad to rotate They've seen, you know, some leaks at the back and have lost some games that traditionally they would have at least drawn and possibly won. Uh, After this international break, because a lot of their guys aren't really um, playing for an international side right now. Correct. They're getting rest and you're going to probably see a very different Burnley coming into this next week. Yeah. When we start to see games, they're going to start, you know, winning one nothing or tying one one because... It's kind of what they do. Yep. Um, now, their big rivalries, it's actually with two separate teams. It's called the East Lancashire Derby. Uh, Derby, I'm sorry. I always say Derby because it's spelled Derby but pronounced Derby. Um, with the uh, Bolton Wanderers and the Blackburn Ro- Rovers, who are both kind of in that northwest section of England. Yep. So I've got Cardiff City, or as I like to refer to them, Little Malaysia. <laughs> yes. Uh, their nickname is the Bluebirds, basically because of the uh, club crest. Their manager is Neil Warnick. Um, For how long, we don't know. <laughs> uh, and their ground uh, that they play at is the capital of Malaysia Stadium. I'm uh, just kidding. It's the Cardiff City Stadium. Uh, they were formed in 1899 by uh, a Bristol-born uh, man named Bartley Watts, uh, Wilson, not Watson. See, you screw up too. Thank you very much. I know. I reread his first name as I was and, reading and his second And it's name. written here, Wilson, just like it was <laughs> right, written for me, right. Sean, and I said Sam. Um, basically, it was a way of keeping uh, players from the Riverside Cricket Club together and fit during the winter months. Um, the colors worn by the club originally were chocolate and amber. Uh, which is very unusual. Um, the first season saw them playing friendlies against local sides, uh, and then in 1900 they joined uh, the Cardiff and District League for their first competitive season. They're only one of five clubs uh, of Welsh clubs, I'm sorry, in the English system, and their biggest rivals are Swansea City Football Club, uh, which is called the South Wales Derby. So, um, Sam, a team that decides to play in the English Premier League as opposed to playing in the Welsh League, um, what happens to their standard, is their, their, their status as far as qualifying for European tournaments? So, 
um, if I'm not mistaken, um, or at least originally, to play in England, they were going to need to forfeit any qualification for a European tournament because they were essentially taking up a spot that could be taken by an English team. So they said, okay, you're a big enough club, you generate enough money, you can be in here with us, but we're not going to let you go to Europe and represent England. That has that has changed. Um, with Swansea City, who won the League Cup a few years back, did uh, feature in the Europa League. Well, yeah, because if you know, like you said there, they played in the League Cup. Those teams, those Welsh teams who play professionally in England, they actually play in the FA Cup and they play in the uh, League Cup. They don't play in the Welsh, the Welsh version anything, of yeah. that. Uh, by the way, guys, every country in Europe, they have their league. Their league plays the same way, typically, with playing everybody twice. And, and they then they have their own tournaments. tournaments. Yeah. They yep. have at least one tournament. All right. So next up, we pull one of the big boys. Chelsea FC, established in 1905. Their current manager is Mauricio Sarri. They play at Stamford Bridge. And they they have a couple of nicknames. The first one and the most predominant one being the Blues because of their jersey color. You'll detect a theme. A lot of teams just call themselves their jersey color as their nickname. Um, and also the Pensioners. Uh, pensioner is like a retired veteran, like an honored retired veteran. They tend to wear like um, suits, like a red jacket suit. And there was actually a pensioner's house right nearby Stamford Bridge. So for the longest time, Stamford Bridge, Chelsea Football Club, gave a lot of money to the pensioners. They still do. So they've been often recalled as the pensioners as well, the kind of local people. So this team is located in West London, right on the Thames River. Uh, in eight, 1904, they bought the property of Stamford Bridge, and it was bought for the intent to lease it to nearby Fulham Football Club. Um, early on, but Fulham wasn't really interested. So they really were an okay team and, you know, not great, not bad, stayed up in the top flight, went down a few times, went up a few times. Uh, but in the 80s, West London nowadays is kind of the big shopping mecca, kind of the very wealthy part of yeah, London. Very posh um, area. In the 80s, I think we can all uh, recognize this, in the 80s they started gentrifying West London. Because before that, West London was very rough and tough, very not not the best of neighborhoods. So what we're kind of seeing in America all around different cities where they're re kind of gentrifying the city, that's what happened in West London. They were also known to have horrible hooligans like uh, they're they're big. Uh, they call them firms, hooligan groups, but their hooligan group was considered one of the roughest and meanest and most violent hooligan groups which can also make people not want to come to a stadium for the most part. Yeah, um, especially with Chelsea. They actually have a, a, a move, I guess you want to call it, uh, named after them called the Chelsea Smile, where they would actually put a credit card uh, as it became a posher area in your mouth and then punch you. Uh, so it would split the sides of your where your lips joined, your top and your bottom lip. <laughs> Yeah, there's, you know, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we talk about the ugly side of football as well. And hooliganism is absolutely not as rampant of a problem as it is used to be, but it was definitely a big thing. When people talked about concern of the English hooligans, there was just reason to do that. Anybody go watch a brilliant movie, Green Street Hooligans. It's mm -hmm. not about Chelsea. It's about uh, a couple of teams we'll talk about later on, but it is the truest depiction of English hooliganism 
that I've seen uh, in, in American cinema. Jack's from uh, Sons of Anarchy, right? And uh, Elijah Wood? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, is it? Dude, I didn't even make yeah, that. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, it's him. It is him, and he's quite young. All right, so we're gonna keep the ball rolling here. Um, by the early '90s, around 1994, Chelsea started to show a lot of success. Really started to become a big team, and was the ball was rolling, starting to win titles. By 2003, they were bought by Roman Abramovich, who is a Russian billionaire oligarch. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oligarch. He uh, also um, the Brooklyn Nets. He owns them as well and has more money than God apparently. Because when he bought the team in two thousand three, he promptly spent a quarter of a trillion with a T trillion dollars on the purchase of the club and the purchasing of new players. And since that's happened, it has been nothing but success for them. They've won European titles, Champions League titles. They've won FA Cups. They've won League Cups. They've won Premier titles. They have. They've won it all. Yeah, and at the time of his divorce was actually the most expensive divorce in history. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. Just to throw that fun fact in. Um, so their derby is the uh, West London derby, and it's with Fulham. And for obvious reasons, if you were listening earlier, it was... They tried to have Fulham come play at their grounds, and Fulham said, "We're too good for you." Yeah, and Stamford Bridge is uh, Stamford Bridge. I'm sorry, the Chelsea Stadium is actually located within the borough of Fulham. Yeah, in uh, in London. So, all right, Sammy, take it away. All right, I've got Crystal Palace Football Club. Uh, their nickname is the Eagles again because of the badge. They have an eagle on their badge. Uh, their manager is Roy Hodgson, the former England manager. Uh, and the ground is Selhurst Park. They were founded in 1905 at the famous Crystal Palace Exhibition Building by the owners of the FA Cup Final Stadium uh, at the time, which was situated inside those historic grounds. Uh, they played their first home games at the Cup Final venue until 1915, when they were forced to leave due to the First World War. In 1924, the club then moved to their current home at Selhurst Park. They've, for the most part, been in the top two leagues of English football for their history, um, and they had a very successful period in the top flight in the 1980s and early 90s, and actually challenged for the league title in the 90-91 season, eventually finishing in third, their highest position. Uh, their rivals are Brighton and Hove Albion, again, with the M23 derby, but also a uh, few teams that used to be in the league, like Charlton Athletic. Uh, there is a South London derby against a few of those teams that aren't in the Premier League right now. Um, London, uh, we didn't mention this with Chelsea or with Arsenal, but there are approximately... 12, 13 teams that are in the four leagues alone. And I think there's about 22, 23 total professional teams in the city of London. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. And so whenever West Ham plays Arsenal, it's a London derby. And if, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, what, what do we have just in the Premier League? Probably seven right now, um, right? Chelsea, it, Fulham, Crystal Palace. Arsenal, Tottenham, Arsenal, Watford. Tottenham, Watford's. Yeah, yeah, right and on then, the right on the suburbs. And then although they don't deserve it, West Ham. Yeah, West Ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so there's seven in London right now. Yeah, so every single one of those is considered a London uh, a London derby. Now there's ones that are bigger than others. That are more important, such you as know. in North London with Arsenal and and uh, and uh, uh, what's her name again? Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you, Tottenham. Tottenham. <laughs> and um, and uh, I mean also like don't count out the 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 West London derby like 
when they were happening when Clint that's Dempsey was game. with the team. Oh, that's a great They're game. great, especially if they're at Craven College, which is uh, – Cottage. Cottage, sorry. Cottage. I said college, excuse me. I've been <laughs> drinking whiskey. Don't mind me. Um, it, they, they end up being really – big aggressive games. Yeah. I mean those are those are local bragging right games for these for these teams and you know for their fans they walk the street every day and an Arsenal fan walks down the street and sees a Spurs fan and a Spurs fan sees an Arsenal fan and it's this is guys to compare it this is like if the Redskins and the Cowboys both played in the same city or the Steelers and the Ravens both played in the same city. Yep. Like the it is it's it's big and it's personal and and, and as a whole something. in all sports we take it very seriously and very personally and you know you add alcohol and uh problems arise yeah so <laughs> that's the truth sammy i can hear it i can hear the snare drum hear what i can hear the flute I can't hear anything i can hear the beginning z cars oh, playing oh, as the fans as the team comes walking out and the fans at the gladys street end Raise up in glorious cheer. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. I am talking about the Mighty Toffees Everton Football Club, established in 1878. Nisi Optimum, Nilsatis Nisi Optimum, only the best will do. Why? Because I am an Everton fan, and only the best will do, Samuel Graham. That is all there is to it. Right. They are managed by, you don't get to talk, you keep your mouth shut. Right. They are managed by Marco Silva. They play at Goodison Park. Their nickname is the Toffees, and the reason for that is there was a toffee shop uh, named Mother Noblets, which was just exactly opposite of the tower that is currently the uh, crest of their shirt, and they actually sold a mint called the Everton Mint. So and they, they really were should be called the Knobs. And, oh, just stop it. And they were located next to the Queen's Head Hotel, which, shocker, had a pub in it, which, shocker, <laughs> which is where all team business was handled. <laughs> yep. Um, located in Liverpool, they are one of the founding members of the EFL, and they were the big club at first. They won a lot of championships Don't, Hold on, early don't on. change what you wrote here. They were the big club in 1892. Yeah, early on. Yeah. yeah but, I, but in... I mean, in they were the big club. Uh, all 17 people that lived in Liverpool, 11 of them played for Everton. I get it. <laughs> and then and then in, they they played in a stadium called Anfield. And in 1892, the stupid people of Anvil, Anfield, 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 come on. Don't stop me, I'm on a roll. Um they decided to hike up the rent because Everton was just that damn good. Everton said go screw. And of course, they moved across the way to Goodison Park, where they built a stadium there. Across which, Stanley Park. Isn't yes, it? exactly. Across a one-mile park, I got to go to Goodison and walked across Stanley Park over to Anfield, and promptly gave a middle finger to uh, got to smell the, uh, the cop. No, I took a big middle finger right at the cop. That's what I did. <laughs> I'll uh, if if everybody's nice, I'll uh, put up a picture of me doing that for everyone. And at that time, Liverpool then enticed away a lot of Everton's big name players to come play for them and then formed Everton Football Club. Best way to equate this uh, locally to people, this was the Baltimore Ravens played at M&T Bank Stadium. And then after playing at M&T Bank Stadium, a team called the Steelers come in. They take all the best players from the Ravens and they make the Ravens move across to Camden Yards. That is exactly what this is. Um, now, the Everton did have its uh, its own demise in the early 50s. They actually went down to the second division once, which they promptly won, and then promptly have never gone back down again 
only team to have done it longer would be Arsenal Football Club, who went down once and never went back up and never went back down again. Now, the um, the 80s, we were talking about teams already where everybody had trouble in the 80s. Guess who didn't have trouble in the 80s? The Toffees. They won a total of six titles. Uh, them and Liverpool became bitter rivals at that point because both teams were very successful. Yeah, more than they already were. Yeah. And, uh, and then their last trophy was in 1995, which was an FA Cup title. And ever since Liverpool's been the team with the money, Everton's been kind of the blue-collar working man's team. And as far as the league goes, Everton's always been the team where you go, damn, if they only had money, they could probably really challenge for, for Champions League spots. And they do it without the money, even though now we do have a very rich Arab owner, which I'm very excited about, who spends lots of money and makes me happy. Yeah, but he can't, uh, until this season, hasn't hired a good manager to spend that money. <laughs> So, as, as mentioned before, the uh, Liverpool is their number one rival. That is the Merseyside Derby because of the River Mersey. Um, and it is also the most red cards in any Derby match period in the Premier League. So, Sammy, as I said, we don't need to talk anymore. Everton's the club everybody wants to support. Because I sold them better than you sold your stupid Gunners. All right. Well, first off, I didn't know we were doing these big elaborate intros to our teams because I had a lot more shit to say than, you know, what I said. I was being respectful because your cute little six titles in, what was it, the 80s? We've got... Uh, the we've 60s? When was got, it? We've got 24 titles overall. 24 first division titles? Uh, no, one second, two second division titles, everything else. Uh, first division FA Cups. Um, we also have... One European title in which we beat uh, hey, Bayern Munich in the semifinals hey, to win that title. We've got a Cup Winners' Cup and a uh, European Fairs Trophy, mm-hmm. which don't mean anything. Anyway, we've got 13 uh, First Division titles, mm-hmm. and we've also got the record number. Uh, we being Arsenal, if you haven't followed along at home, uh, also have the record number of FA Cup trophies uh, in the cabinet at 13 as well. I know Seven of s- which were won by Arsene Wenger in this century. I know how to sell a team. You don't know how to sell a team. Start talking about Fulham. Thank you. All right. Fulham, uh, their nickname, Fulham Football Club, FFC. Uh, their nickname is the Cottagers. Uh, their manager is Slavisa Jokanovic. Well done. Who's a Serbian. Thank you. I just had to take my time with it. Uh, they've played at Craven Cottage. Since 1896, mm-hmm. until uh, they had to move to one of their other West London rivals, uh, Loftus Road, um, for uh, the, a, a ground share with Queens Park Rangers for two years during renovations uh, to Craven Cottage in the early 2000s. They're actually the oldest football team uh, from London to play in the Football League. Um, Fulham were formed in 1879 at Fulham St. Andrew's Church Sunday School. Um, and that was actually their name, Fulham St. Andrew's Church Sunday School Football Club. I don't know how they fit that on the shirts, uh, but they did. Um, and they were founded by worshippers, uh, mostly adept at cricket, uh, at the Church of England on Star Road, uh, West Kensington. Um, the Mother Church still stands today with a plaque commemorating the team's foundation. Uh, and their present name has been in place since 1888. They gained professional status on 12 December of 1898 
the same year they were uh, uh, admitted into the Southern League Second Division, and they were the second club from London to turn professional. <clears throat> Excuse me, once more. Uh, besides the mighty, mighty Gunas of Arsenal, uh, in 1891, um, Arsenal turned uh, turned professional. Their rivals are Chelsea. Uh, again, it's a turf war. Um, we spoke about that earlier. Uh, called the West London Derby. Excellent. So next up is Huddersfield Town, AFC, established in 1908. Quick note. Yes. Fulham's owned by an American now. Oh, very cool. Same guy that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah, Move excellent. on. Very good. Yeah, that's right, because of the uh, Michael Jackson. The Michael Jackson statue from a, last week. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Huddersfield Town, <laughs> AFC, is managed by uh, David Wagner, who is a former member of the U.S. men's national team. Um, they play at the Kirkley Stadium, and their nickname is the Terriers, and the reason being is the first Yorkshire Terrier that was ever recorded was named Huddersfield Ben. Uh, they're located in Yorkshire. The club saw lots of success in the 20s, winning three straight titles. Only Arsenal, Liverpool, and Manchester United have ever done that. Um, most of the time, they found themselves in the bottom two divisions. Um they did earn promotion two years ago. Um, in 2012, a very interesting little fun fact, they won League One in a final that went to penalty. I'm sorry, no, they gained promotion to League One in the third, fourth place match to, to go up. Mm-hmm. They went to penalties. The final score on penalties was 8-7. to seven. It went to all 11 players. Hutter, Huddersfield's town goalkeeper scored the winning penalty to promote them to the championship. There you go. Yeah. Oh, kind of fun. And uh, their their major uh, rival is Leeds United, which is one of the biggest cities in in uh, England. And, is and one tra- of the, yeah, traditionally one of the biggest teams in England. Right. Um, they've fallen on financial difficulties, and now they're on their way back. They're actually mm-hmm. top the championship right now. Exactly. And it'd be kind of fun to see them get up just because a lot of people um, – the people who love Leeds are huge fans of Leeds, and then everybody else hates Leeds. So it'll yeah, be very fun. Basically. And that is called the uh, West Yorkshire Derby. All right. I've got Leicester City Football Club. Their nickname is the Foxes, and the reason being the outline of uh, Leicestershire on a map resembles a fox's head. And there's also a very strong hunting tradition in that county uh, of England. Um, their manager is... Gus Poyet, is that still correct? I think that's still correct. Yeah, it is still Gus Poyet. Yeah, uh, and they play at the King Power Stadium. Sorry, for some reason I thought he got sacked, but he didn't. <laughs> My bad. Again, admin's not our strong suit. We've uh, gone Never over this been. a few times. Um, the club was founded in 1884 as Leicester Foss FC, playing on a field near Foss Road. They moved to Filbert Street in 1891 and were elected to the Football League in 1894 and adopted the name Leicester City in 1919. Very cool. Well, the big thing we definitely have to talk about is... I was uh, just about to say. Yes. The um, the Foxes fell deep into the Football League a few years back, winning promotion in consecutive seasons back to the Premier League. Um and then finding a, a tough go, you know, that first season. They only escaped relegation on the final day, I believe. Barely. Yeah, they got uh, out on the final day. Uh, barely happened. Um, then, the following season, they hired Claudio Ranieri, 
who was a former Chelsea manager, and the bookmakers made them 5,000 to 1. So for one pound you put down on Leicester City to win the title, you would receive 5,000 pounds back. And what did they do that year? They won the title. They won the title. Absolutely. Now, to equate that to American sports, let's say you took minor league baseball. The Trenton Thunder, the double-A affiliate to the New York Yankees, somehow one affiliation went up to triple-A. One triple-A went up to the major leagues, spent one year in the major leagues. The next year, they won the World Series. That's what that is. I want to know how far down a Wikipedia rabbit hole you had to find, or you had to go to find that particular double-A baseball team. You forget I used to collect autographs when I was in my early 20s, uh, and, yeah. and uh, right. I used to travel around a minor league ballpark, so I that's know Trenton Thunder because I've actually been to the stadium. That's a, that's a ways. <laughs> yes, that's a it ways. is, but that's absolutely something worth mentioning. Is It just kind of proves that anyone can do it, and it's just kind of – True. It was one of those – the minute you realized your team wasn't going to win the title – you, you automatically started yeah. wanting less to win the title. Now, that being said, Arsenal had a slip-up that we should have won the title that year and didn't. Uh, after we beat Leicester at the Emirates, we mm-hmm. were top of the league and then subsequently screwed up and Leicester overtook us again. Threw up I, all over yourself like you normally do at the end of the season? Yeah, essentially. I did want to uh, say one thing. On the 19th of December uh, of that year, uh, 2015, Leicester beat Everton at Goodison Park 3-2 to mm-hmm. to top the Premier League on Christmas Day, having been bottom exactly 12 months later. Yeah. Which is an amazing turnaround, obviously, to move up 19 spots from 20th to 1st in just one short year. And not a ton of additions. They added a few players here and there, but there wasn't a you know some big influx of players. And, and even now, I mean, um, Conte, who is the defensive holding midfielder for Chelsea, who pretty much pulls all the strings. Heck, he was the man who pulls all the strings for France. And yep. he was a part of that Leicester squad. They lost him. They kept on trucking. They they lose other players like Danny Drinkwater. They keep on trucking. It's there. They are promptly there. I mean, they're basically a ninth, 10th place team every single year now. And they're, they just seem to not be slowing down at all. Yeah. And uh, just a quick fun fact on the 5,001 odds, no British book, uh, bookmaker had ever paid out such long odds. The trophy, the Premier League trophy, resulted in the largest payout in British sporting history with total winnings of £25 million for the British public lucky enough to throw a couple pounds down on Leicester City to win the title. Wow. All right, how in the hell did this work out, Sam? How How is it that I got stuck with the Copites, the Gobshites, that's right. I'm talking about Liverpool FC, everybody. Yay. The team that was established in the god-awful year of 1892. They're managed by some stupid German named Jurgen Klopp. They play at this god-awful stadium called Anfield. They have the most unoriginal nickname in the world, the Reds. Why? Because they wear red jerseys. Woo! You're original. <laughs> They're owned by, uh, you know, the Fenway Sports Group, so that's the Boston Red Sox, so if you want a reason to hate them, they're American-owned. Oh, and by the way, LeBron James owns a part of the team, too, so you can really hate them. In fact, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, Sammy, you talk about them. I'm not even talking about the goddamn team. I hate them. I'm not talking about them. Founded in 1892, the club joined the Football League the following year and has played at Anfield ever since. Um, 
basically because some god-awful team decided to take a stroll across Stanley Park and never come back. Uh, Liverpool established itself as a major force in English and European football during the uh, 1970s and 80s. They're one of the best-supported teams in the world, um, and you can't really talk about Liverpool, and I don't know how much you hate them, but you can't really talk about Liverpool without mentioning Hillsborough uh, in 1989, where 96 Liverpool supporters died in a crush against perimeter fencing, um, where players were actually trying to pull people over the fencing to save their lives um, during during a uh, FA Cup match. Um, the terrible time, but the only thing that it did do, the one silver lining that it had, was really binding the club and its fans even further together. And they've won a record five European trophies uh, for English clubs. And how many Premier League titles have they won? Uh, Premier League, none, but they've had do have 18 first division titles. How many Premier League titles have they won? Uh, zero since That's all I needed to know. Thank you very much for covering that for me. It's actually uh, with within the rivalry of uh, Everton-Liverpool. It's actually a bit of a um, uh, more of a gentleman's rivalry. I mean, obviously, they don't like each other. Obviously, the play on the field is really aggressive. But it's not like if Sam Graham, as an Arsenal fan, walked down into West London wearing his Arsenal red... Um, somebody from the Chelsea firm might have something to say about it and put a credit card in his mouth. Um, where the city of Liverpool, the Everton fans and the Liverpool fans live next door to each other. In fact, there is famously a street right along the side of Anfield Stadium where every single house, the houses that meet up next to each other, one has a blue door, one has a red door. The next house over, one has a blue door, one has a red door. Yeah. And that whole And that whole neighborhood, it is literally... Everton fan and Liverpool fan living right next door, side by side with each other. And, you know, things, you know, like Hillsborough and stuff like that. Everton honors the Hillsborough. Well, there was the the famous video um, when the Liverpool Commission finally came out and said, you know, this happened. There was a police cover up. All of this went on with Everton supporters and Liverpool supporters side by side singing You'll Never Walk Alone together with the families of the fallen um, standing next to the man announcing everything that was going on and officials from Liverpool. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it, I actually cried, which I tend to do from time to time. Oh, you're an emotional and, um, girl. That's rude. Uh, but, <laughs> but, Truthful. But it was brilliant. It's a, it's a great moment. And there's, you know, few times that you see people singing each other's songs and and doing stuff together, and it really is a wonderful sight. Who's uh, the other major rival of Liverpool? Just a little club called Manchester United, uh, and that's known as the Northwest Derby. Uh, and how come are they such it's big mas- rivals? It's basically a success war. I mean, there is a uh, a road, I believe it's the M6, that connects them, um, and they're not terribly far apart, but they are the two most successful teams in English league history, uh, and that's essentially why they hate each other so much. All right, well, since you had to uh, jump in there and recover for me because I didn't want to talk about them, you get to talk about another club. Go get them. All right, so Manchester City Football Club. Um, They are known as the Citizens or just City. uh, And Citizens spelled C-I-T-Y, which is quite cute. (laughs) Um, Their manager is Pep Guardiola, uh, the Spaniard. Uh, They play at the Etihad Stadium, um, also known as the City of Manchester Stadium. Uh, They sold the naming rights. Um, it was basically founded by members of the St. Mark's Church of England in West Gorton, Manchester. Um, they founded the football club that will later be known as Manchester City, largely for humanitarian purposes. 
uh, two, two church wardens sought to curb local gang violence and alcoholism by instituting new activities for local men uh, with uh, high unemployment also plaguing East Manchester, uh, specifically in that neighborhood of Gorton. Um, all men were welcome to join regardless of religion, and a church cricket club had been formed there in 1875, but there was no equivalent for the winter months. So everybody kind of fell back into their patterns. Um, now, a big thing with this club, they were up and down, had some success here and there, blah, blah, blah. But in 2008, they were purchased by the Abu Dhabi United Group. That takeover was immediately followed by a flurry of high-profile bids, and they actually broke the British transfer record by signing a Brazilian international, Rubinho, from Real Madrid for $32.5 million. Um, that has since been broken again and again and again. Yeah. Um, also by them. Uh, United as well, but uh, they've broken that record time and time again themselves. That following summer, they took their spending over $100 million, and last season – being probably the most important in their history. They broke plenty of records, including the most points, having totaled 100 points for the season. Uh, first club to do that. The most goals scored at 106. They had 32 wins. They had the most away wins, 16 away wins. Um, the most away points, obviously, uh, at 50. The highest goal differential at plus 79. And the biggest gap between the top two teams at 19 points while equaling Manchester United's record uh, from the 2000-2001 season for games to play with the title one at five. Mm. And uh, who's their major their rival? Their biggest rival is Manchester United, obviously. Mm. Uh, famously dubbed, Manchester City was famously dubbed the Noisy Neighbors uh, by um, Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, the greatest manager that football has ever seen. And about them. As much as it pains me to say it. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of them, we have Manchester United FC next. They were formed in 1878. They were regarded as the Newton Health Football Club. And then in 1902, they officially changed their name to Manchester United. Their current manager is uh, the special one who we love to talk about every week because <laughs> he makes us. Uh, Jose Mourinho, the, uh, the Portuguese manager. The stadium they play at is Old Trafford. And their nickname is the Red Devils. There was apparently a touring rugby team in France from England that uh, in the uh, mid-30s and 40s that was beating the crap out of everybody and wore all red jerseys and were starting to be nicknamed the Devils by all the French. So Manchester went, hey, Red Devils, sounds like a good name. That's what we're going to call ourselves. Um, now, people, I uh, tend to know them. I mean, they're, let's face it, they're the most successful club in English history. They have won well over 60 titles. I think their total right now is around 68. Yeah, um, that's overall trophies, yeah, not total in, trophies, not yeah. division titles. I'm sorry, or, FA Cup, this yeah. is FA Cups, that's this is everything. They've Champions won over 60 League, trophies. Europa yeah. Leagues, this is everything. Um, although they did get demoted in the 70s, unlike uh, Everton who got demoted in the 50s and you who got Arsenal demoted in who? 1913. Yeah. All of these other clubs went down to League 2 at some point. The only two that have a long-standing in the top flight is uh, is Arsenal and then and, followed by Everton. Everton. Yep. Um, the the other biggest thing about uh, about Manchester United is Manchester United is the second most valued sports franchise in the world. Typically, they are also in first a lot of years too. Yeah. Um, first this year was Dallas Cowboys, um, but um, that goes back and forth. Well, it does. Um, there's the the top twenty is littered 
with football clubs. Oh yeah, um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Arsenal is one of. I, I believe this year they mm. fell to number eight, but yeah. um, typically most of that top ten is football teams. Yes, and then you get American football teams like the Redskins and Cowboys. Reds, those that Redskins own their are number ten. The Cowboys yeah. are number one. Those that own their stadiums yeah. uh, typically are worth a ton more. The Yankees yep. are are one of the top ten are sports there, franchises, yeah. but. The bulk of them are actually European football clubs, and a lot of them are actually um, are English. Now. Yeah, are English. Now we already kind of hit on who their major uh, their major rivalries are. Of course, you have Manchester City, which until recently really was a one sided affair. So if City yep. beat United, it was a really really big deal because it was the mighty Manchester United and lowly City. Yeah, like until I said, now, Sir Alex Ferguson dubbed them the noisy neighbors. It was right. they didn't think this was sustainable or would last. And then, and then, um, of course, their biggest rival would be Liverpool, as far as those two teams being the most successful club clubs in English football. Uh, who we got next, Sam? All right, I got Newcastle United Football Club. Their nickname is the Magpies. Uh, basically, a, a bird with black and white feathers that kind of resides in the area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, after the club's black and white stripes uh, mm-hmm. on their on their shirt. Uh, their manager is Rafa Benitez, a former Liverpool uh, legend. Absolute mm-hmm. legend. Yeah, I hear you, legend. <laughs> and they um, they play at St. James's Park, which for a brief time recently was known as the Sports Direct Arena. Uh, and then <laughs> after a club protest, a, a fan protest, they changed the name back. Um, they were founded in 1892 with the merger of the Newcastle East End and Newcastle West End football clubs. Uh, and they've played... Um, all their games at the uh, the current home ground ever since that merger. Uh, the club has been a member of the Premier League for all but three years of the competition's history, spending 85 seasons in the top tier as of May of 2016, um, and they've never dropped below the second division since joining the Football League in 1893. Uh, they're, uh, their biggest rivalry... Go ahead. Gotcha. This is a fun one. <laughs> ...is Sunderland, uh, called the Tyne Weir Derby. Uh, named after the two rivers that flow through the cities, which are only 12 miles apart. These teams take more pleasure in the other team's demise than they do in the in their own victories. So when Sunderland was going to get relegated, there was a a, a, a big stink. Um, what was it two years ago now? Yeah. They were getting relegated. Uh, there was um, a group of Newcastle fans that were circulating on social media saying, hey, Wear your Newcastle shirts. Wear something red or white over it. Sunderland is red and white stripes. So wear something red or white over it, and let's all buy tickets to the match for the game that they're going to guarantee their their relegation. <laughs> rip off our shirts. And rip, our, <laughs> rip off our shirts at the end of the match and just kind of go nuts, um, which would have incensed a riot. And the police ended up needing to check underneath to make sure there was nothing underneath your... That it was no no Newcastle people who were willing to spend their hard-earned money to go to their rival stadium just just to watch them fail. Just to give them some shit, Um, which is brilliant. I love that. That's fantastic. The Merseyside Derby is amazing to watch. I'll tell you what. The Tyneware Derby is Is, fabulous. Yeah, There's a couple around the country that that are fantastic. And um, and that one, too, like even in the years that they were going – like the year they were going down – I think they still 
like Sunderland beat Newcastle in both of them. And like Sunderland fans were like, eh, we're going down, but hey, yeah, we, beat, we Newcastle beat Newcastle twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, That's it. Yeah. It, it, it. It's like us as Redskins fans going, yeah, we finished in last place, but we beat the Cowboys, so we're happy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, basically. It's it's so funny to see how they just, they really relish in each other's demise and really don't care about their own successes. Which is fantastic. <laughs> it's fabulous. So uh, next up, we have Southampton FC, established in 1885. They are currently managed by Mark Sparky Hughes. Um, <laughs> I can't stand that man. <laughs> um, they play at uh, St. Mary's Stadium, and they are called the Saints because they were founded by St. Mary's Church. I think that's kind of obvious why you would call them the Saints. Yeah, they actually uh, have a uh, a halo on their badge yep. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're located on the southeast coast, uh, historically a top-flight club forever. Until 2005 through 2012, they found themselves on some hard times, went down to the uh, championship, and um, worked their way eventually back up. But what they're really known for... They're kind of the best farm system as far as a, they call it an academy in uh, England, but they're kind of one of the best youth academies in the country. Um, they've had the likes of Sadio Mane, who's now a star with Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk, who's also a star with Liverpool, Theo Walcott. And they had this uh, this guy who plays for Madrid called uh, uh, for Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bale, Gareth, Gareth Bale, Bale yeah, yeah, had that bicycle kick there. Also, also a former Tottenham. Um, and. We mentioned their we mentioned their um, one rivalry with um, with uh, Bournemouth early on, but uh, their big their biggest rivalry is actually called the South Coast uh, Derby and that or the Hampshire Derby as well, and that's with Portsmouth, who we talked about before. Yeah, with Portsmouth, give them a Google too for that administration fact. That's it. Really, is a terrible story. The world, the world is a wonderful place. <laughs> Sam, why don't you go ahead and tell me about Tottenham Hotspur FC? All right, so Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, founded in 1882. Their manager is uh, some Argentinian dude named Maurizio Pochettino. Um, they don't actually have a stadium right now, so they're renting Wembley from the FA, um, which is you know typical Tottenham. Um, Eventually, I guess it's going to be called the New White Hart Lane or you know something because they're also very unoriginal. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, their nickname is the Spuds. No, and it's not. After it's that, the, it's because the, they're as exciting as a potato. It's they're the Spurs, Sammy. Can you you obviously cannot be fair and balanced. You are not a true professional. Don't worry, Sammy. I got it from here. I Please, got you covered. I, my heart, my blood is <laughs> starting to boil. The uh, the nickname, the Spurs, they're also referred to as the Lily Whites, which I researched and researched and researched and could not find out why they're called the Lily Whites. Don't say why, because I guarantee you it's going to be something obnoxious. You settle down. It's, it's an off-white shirt. It's not a white shirt. It's white like a lily, which oh, okay. isn't white, which is stupid. So not wearing white like on their them. wedding day because they uh, got around? Or was yeah, that something like that. Yeah, or Exactly. All right, well, they are uh, actually named after uh, Harry Hotspur, which was a medieval English nobleman. He was known for uh, charging into the battle. He would dig his spurs into the horse and, like, really charge into battle. I could have sworn that John Wayne played him in a movie once or something. <laughs> Harry Hotspur. Um, what a stupid name. <laughs> and and um, Harry Hotspur also had a, an, a, a love for um, cockfighting. Like, that's chicken, Sam. 
get your mind out of the gutter. I always um, wonder why they had cock balls on their shirt. And he would always, he would like, they, he would always like the cockfighting where they had spurs on their talons where they could, uh, the talons where they could cut each other. Um, this is a club that's always had, um, relative success, but it's always been kind of the bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, their last title was back in 1991. And uh, they they always seem to be second fiddle to Arsenal up in the up in North yeah, London. Yeah, come on. Um, although last year they finished ahead of the table uh, to Arsenal, which is a fate worse than death for most Gunner fans. By the way, please yeah, Google true. Google Gunner fan interviews. You will be entertained for hours. <laughs> it is a rabbit hole really you can go down. Yeah. It's so great. It, they like it, the first game of the season. They're going to win the league by game four. It's the same guy being in our interview, and he's like, "I told you we're shit. Fire arson. <laughs> get rid of the whole team. Yeah. They are horrible." It's, we we like to have fun up so there. So funny we like to, to watch have fun them. up there. Oh, the um. <clears throat> And of course, their their biggest rivalry. Of course, they play everybody else that's in London as well. But their biggest would be would be Arsenal, of course, because by of the far. Be also, because we've won the league on their patch more than they've won the league. <laughs> I think, uh, at least in recent memory. I mean, we've won it twice since I've been around, <laughs> which is brilliant. All right, settle down there, killer. So uh, next up, um, we're we're coming down the home stretch here. Just a few more teams to go. Uh, I guess I got to go again. We're going to talk about Watford FC. Uh, they were formed in 1881. Um, they're known as the Hornets um, because they wear yellow and black jerseys. Their manager is Javi Garcia, and they play at Vicarage Road. And this team is on the kind of outskirts suburbs of northeast London. They <clears throat> um, most famously... They were uh, at one time owned, as we talked about last week, by Elton John in the late 70s going into the 80s, um, proving that a rock and roll star should not run a football club. They Very promptly true. they promptly went down all four divisions to the final yeah. to the final division and had to slowly but surely <laughs> work their way up. Um, now, their big major rivalry is actually a team called uh, Luton Town which is just on the outside of London as well. It's in the M1 Derby, which is the highway that connects the two. It's also known as the Bed Hearts uh, Derby as well for Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, which are the two kind of communities where both of those clubs are at. And uh, they are the kings of the first five games of the English Premier League every season. Yeah, we'll see them fall apart in a little bit, but then they'll rebound again to stay in the league and, and you know finish out strong. I've got uh, West Ham United uh, Football Club. Their nickname is the Hammers or the Irons, uh, basically because of the crest where the two crossed hammers are, and they were founded as the Thames Iron Works Football Club uh, from workers from that iron, uh, iron works. They play at the London Stadium, which was built for the Olympics. Um, I'm going to jump ahead from their history real quick and call out their rivals, uh, Millwall. Because I, uh, this is basically what that movie Green Street Hooligans is about, mm-hmm. is the rivalry between these two clubs uh, who were less than four miles apart even after both of them have relocated uh, to, to new stadiums. The Den uh, for Millwall uh, when they moved in 1996, and then two years ago when West Ham moved to the London Stadium from Upton um, Park, also known as the Bowling Ground. Millwall. Last year, the terrorist attack 
the stabbings in the streets of London. It was famously a Millwall supporter who got stabbed multiple times and took the knife out of their hand. And he goes, I don't care about a knife. I'm Millwall. Yeah. <laughs> They're a, a bunch of rough and tumble groups. Uh, a lot of their supporters were, were doxmen, which mm-hmm. were always hard men, you know, taking, you know, goods off of ships that were coming in uh, on the River Thames. Um, and they're still, like I said, under four miles apart, uh, even after they've relocated. Uh, and Millwall's now on the south of the, uh, of the Thames, even though they started off in East London. There is a second rival and uh, in Tottenham now because of some of these uh, dealings that happened, which actually put West Ham into the London Stadium as opposed to Tottenham. Very so cool. there, there is still a you know a kind of animosity between those two clubs uh, from a couple years ago. Uh, they were founded in 1895 again, like I said, as the Thames Ironworks Football Club, and reformed in 1900 as West Ham. They moved to the Bowling Ground in 1904, which remained their home for more than a century. I said two years ago they moved over to the London Stadium. They've popped up and down the league over the years and have always been considered a selling club, mm-hmm. um, much like uh, Southampton. <laughs> However. They did develop professionals such as Jermaine Defoe, Frank Lampard, uh, uh, as well as a few others with their coach, uh, Gareth Harry Barry Redknapp was at that one, time. right? Yeah. No, I, Barry, no, Barry was uh, Villa. Sorry. Yeah, Gareth Barry was Aston yeah. Villa. Yep. Um, they also wear the claret and blue that our producer loves so much. Mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, real quick, uh, we had um, Otis sent us a uh, sent us a email, email. this week. But we're going to save that for next week because I think it fits into when we talk about next week's uh, fixtures. And then uh, Russ Russ also sent us another email as well. But we're going to save that for the next time that there's an international break because I think it plays into that too. So, boys, I don't want you to think that your emails went for naught. We're definitely going to talk about them. We're, we're just running our mouths too much, which leads us to our final team, the Wolverhampton Wanderers FC, established in 1877. They are managed by Nuno. Espirito Santo. A f- yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a former. Nuno Saint es- Spirit. Espirito. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> um, he was a Portuguese goalkeeper. Um, and they play at the. Got brilliant beard, too. Oh, yeah, he does. Big old beard. And he's like only 40 years old. Yeah, he's not even that brilliant. old. It's a he lot of gray looks, in there, looks too. Like a, looks like a 55 year old man. He's very stressed. Um, <laughs> very stressed. <laughs> that's a, that would be a proper football coach for you. Uh, they play at the Molyneux Stadium, and their nickname. The Molyneux. Molyneux. Okay, settle down. It's been a long night. I've had a lot of whiskey, okay? Um, they are uh, known as the Wolves, Wolverhampton. Duh. Really? Does it need explanation? Um, they were uh, another one of the founding members of the um, of the English Football League. So you have three that are currently in the Premier League with Everton, Burnley, and Wolverhampton. In the, they were a very, very big club early on, and then in the '70s started to falter a little bit. They actually tried to rebuild their stadium in 1979, which put them into financial ruin, and they actually got put into receivership where the city itself had to take over the club and run the club. Wow. Like, yeah, receivership receivership is go directly to jail. There's probably some cr- $200. There, there are yeah. probably criminal <laughs> charges coming your way. You that's, seriously should not run a business. That's wow. what receivership is. I mean is. administration's bad, but that's yeah. horrendous. 
And uh, they've always been an up and down team. They'll go all the way up to the Premier League. They'll stick around for a while. Then down they'll fall all the way down to League Two. <laughs> yeah. Then they'll work their way back up. So I mean, um, the last time they were in the Premier League, their shirt sponsor was Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, so business decisions in this part of the world are not a common occurrence. <laughs> no, not at all. And um, their biggest rival, it's called the Black, Black County Derby, which is... With them and West Bromwich Albion, which is also another one of the founding teams of the English Football League, and now find themselves in the championship. Yes, they did. And um, although but they doing don't, well, although they don't always get to play each other every year, this is the longest standing rivalry slash uh, derby in derby. derby in all of England. Really? Yeah. I, d- I didn't know that. I thought that was a pretty fun little fact. I was like, it's the longest I figured it'd be rivalry. Yeah. I figured it'd be yours. Um, no, ours is the uh, ours is actually the most played, the one we have with uh, oh, yeah, Aston Villa. Put, because us and Aston Villa were constantly in the Premier League all in the, the time. Fr- in the first division. Yeah, yeah. and so ours okay. is like the the most played and rival. And founding members. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gotcha. That uh, makes well, sense. Also, Aston Villa owned by an American and drove them right into the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Although they found themselves in the uh, in the playoffs last year and lost to Fulham, actually, in the final. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them up next year. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So, after all that, which was a fun-filled hour and 20 minutes, uh, we have to talk about the Drunkard United Football Club, the club most near and dear to my heart besides the Mighty Mighty Gunas. So, uh, I'm going to pass it over to my esteemed colleague because he had a better view of it. However, I do want to toss in the fact that I finally got on the score sheet after probably about three months of not scoring a goal. That happened. We won. The end. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's all you need uh, to know. Uh, the boys, boys did well. Finally bounced back. It got a uh, um, an eight to five victory. Bounce back. I what think. are you worried about? We got this. Yeah, we now have to win the next three in a row if we want to actually make the playoffs, which we have done before. So win. it's not out of the realm of possibility. So yeah, um, we got to play two teams ahead of us. We're fine. So uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Sammy, parting words. Um, no, not really. Uh, international football sucks. Uh, can't wait until the clubs come back, and uh, we'll see y'all in uh, about a week's time. If you have any questions about what we talked about tonight, please email us. Let us know, uh, especially if you're new to this. And I know I've had a few of my friends go like, "I like listening to you and Sammy because you guys are friends, and I like listening to you guys bust each other balls." But I don't know anything about soccer, so this was kind of the episode for you. So hopefully, you got a lot out of this. For Sam Graham, this is Sam Houston. Programming note, we will not be on uh, everything until probably Friday because I'm going to be in Chicago drinking all of the Malort. Not some of it, all of the Malort. Oh, good. So when we lose after the international break, I'm going to have to take a shot because it's I'm going to feed it to you like a baby bird, little boy. But it'll be all gone. I'm going to feed it to that, you like a baby bird. And I will not be a part of that. <laughs> till next week, everybody. Good night. Good night. Fury's breathing down your neck. Team my team reporters babble.
was like, okay, we're ringing that bell. I can't concentrate. Yeah, that's perfect. It's over, Rock. Not Lord. Just get us on the drink. <laughs> I remember that. He drinks and he's like, oh, that's brisk, baby. Save some for the sequel, Rock. <laughs> this is so amazing. 